This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hey. Hey. Today we're talking about <laughs> Count of Monte Cristo. Just trying to make things difficult. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Count of Monte Cristo came out in 2002, starring Jim Caviezel, Guy Pearce, Richard Harris, and other people. Directed by <laughs> Kevin Arnold. Kevin Reynolds. Kevin Arnold. <laughs> I was wondering what they got. No, no wonder Winnie Cooper was. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Mercedes. Oh, there you go. No way she wasn't. Was she? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Mercedes. Uh, Written by Alexander Dumas. That's obviously the author of the book. And screenplay here says Jay Wolpert. Never heard of him. (laughs) Thanks, Jay Wolpert, for making the Count of Monte Cristo entertaining. So yeah, uh, before I get into it with you guys, um, this was my pick. Uh, I never read the book, uh, surprisingly. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I got this, I rented this over Netflix back in the day when you got the DVDs delivered, and I thought this was a movie about the Dracula or vampires or something. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the count? And I was, yeah, I was like, what? this is not what I expected, but I really enjoyed it, and it's become one of my favorite movies. Um so you guys, did you guys watch the theater? Did you have you read the book? Um, I, I have not read the book. Uh, I think I saw this in theaters. Okay. Uh, I thought we watched it together, Scott. It's possible. I could have sworn that, like at the old, uh, at the Spectrum, at the Edwards over there, the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, possibly. But yeah, I, uh, I also enjoyed it. All right, I thought. Maybe one of you guys had read the book, being readers, but eh, I don't feel bad. <laughs> Have you read any of his books? No. So, old dumbasses books? Yeah, old. They never sold anyways. <laughs> Dumb- dumbass. It's Dumas. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be able to get through, like, Three Musketeers. Uh, it, the the style of, that he writes with is fun, but I don't know, it's... It, I have a difficult time with it. The, uh, the kind of... It being in French and all. Well, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's it. <laughs> French style. But just well, the Dumasian this... kind of dialogue. Kind of like Great Expectations. Wasn't this like a uh, like a novella? Like it was released in like a series and stuff every, every month or so on a magazine or whatever. Maybe not in a magazine, but, you know, as a, like a short book. So it was episodic. Uh, I don't know. I think this was... Well before Dickens, have to look no, I know, but I thought it was like in the. I, I don't now. know. I don't know. It once a month because uh, I did. You know, I was curious, and I did some research on like what what the book was really about, and all the other different characters and stuff. And I thought I got it from my research that it was episodic, but it's also just like a freaking long ass book with a ton of freaking characters, like way more than are in the movie. And, uh, yeah, everything just seemed like it was written like a soap opera, which, which would, uh, contribute to my 
assessment that it was like an episodic type of thing. It, it is. So, so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and it is serialized. Okay, then, yeah, it was so soap opery. There's like I don't think I could get through this, like reading the whole book. So not for me. But I love the movie. I mean, that would make big books less intimidating if you know you only write a, sh- a small little amount every week or month or however it was published. <laughs> That'd be less intimidating. But yeah, then it's more fluff, like you said. Yeah, because he got paid for every one that he yeah. wrote. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, let's go to these side characters. What are they up to? Fucking eating stuff, eating cake. <laughs> yeah. And I forget to list a couple of names I missed from the cast list that I obviously forgot. Louis Guzman and Henry Cavill. Oh, better not forget Louis Guzman. He's on my list. <laughs> Me too. And uh, well, yeah, and a very young Clark Kent slash Superman. Mm-hmm. What? Wait, what? Very what? Kal El. Yeah, they're the same person, Scott. Sorry. <gasps> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get into my list, and this is my. I'm going to say Guy Pierce as a negative, but maybe he's just a really good actor and he just, I hate him so much, but I can't tell if I hate Guy Pierce or I hate <laughs> the character. And so it's just his look. And I really haven't liked him in other movies. I haven't hated him in other movies, but like, you know, I'm not a big fan of Memento, which I know most people like and other stuff, but like, he just didn't, I don't know. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say it's great acting because I can't stand him in this movie. <laughs> So did did you see L.A. Confidential? I did. Yeah, he was good in that. That's a good point. That was also a long time ago. He is. Yeah, yeah, I'll give him it, they 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 gave him some like horrible teeth in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and his hair and just the way they're all dressed too is terrible. But <laughs> thinking of signing well, that was, the puffy shirt, the style at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be the first pirate, and I want to be a pirate. <laughs> So yeah, Guy Pierce, he's number four on my list also. As good or bad? As uh, good because he's such a good slimeball villain. Yeah, okay. He just oozes jealousy even with just a look. It's like, ah, oh, so you, you, you can tell where his, all his evil is coming just from jealousy. He's like, I'm not supposed to want to be you. I'm a, I'm a count. I'm a noble, damn it. So, yeah. I, so I think they added they added that like uh, that subtext to the movie – wasn't really part of the the book. The fact that they were like close friends. Hmm. So his betrayals yeah, all of them all the more raw. Yeah. And tossing the king piece to each other. Like, yeah. The king of the moment. That was cool. Yeah, the chess piece. And I think a lot of backstory about how good of friends they were, but it kinda starts off with them already being at each other's oh, rivals. Right? Yeah. But yeah. but but still like close. Mm-hmm. Even though he wants to bang his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mercedes. Mercedes. <laughs> so I will say, I'm not going to get any of the characters' names because I always forget them. So I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> Fernand Mondego. I don't yeah. I remember them um, calling him Fernand, but Mondego is definitely something they say throughout the movie. They mention it. Why, Fernand? The priest's name they don't ever say. I don't think. He's just a priest. Yeah, the cleric. But I mean, he's credited, credited with the name according to IMDb. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Alex. My number seven is, and I have pretty much all positives on my list because I love this movie so much. But Edmund is in the Chateau d'If, and he's finally 
uh, after years being there, he's finally got enough knowledge from the priest that he finally is able to put the whole betrayal together, like, in his mind. He was able to connect the dots to see how his imprisonment came to be. And that was just, like, a really, really awesome moment. And a heartbreaking one, too. And the priest just going in the back, bravo, ooh, bravo, Edmund. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's leading them the whole time, too, but... Yeah. But that's kind of like a turning point. He's like, okay, now he's gained all this knowledge. He's finally getting some smarts. He's not like a naive, innocent... Oh, he yeah. burned the paper! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Richard Harris is awesome in this. Mm-hmm. All right, nice. Scott? Uh, my number seven is a gripe. Uh, I, I don't know if this line was in the book, but it is god awful, and I, I, <laughs> I use the word god specifically there. Uh, yeah. The whole god is in everything. Um, it comes around towards the end when Mercedes, Mercedes, stop that. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, Edmond, spoilers, uh, reconcile, and he says, God, like, can I never escape him, which is bad enough, and then she responds with, God is in everything, even in a kiss, and then they kiss, and it's, it's some, like, George Lucas, forbidden kiss you never should have given me level (laughs) writing there, and, Uh, and I don't know, it's It's not that uh, bad, it's bad, not that bad, and it just completely took me out of the scene watching it again. Uh, they they just went a little too far with that, um, and yeah, that's my number seven. Just a really really horrible line that stuck with me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Before we go on my number six, I actually got some feedback, and there we go. We do seven items every episode. We do seven. Why seven? Why not? And yeah. no particular order. There's our moments. We like I usually do my least favorite stuff and work my way up but that doesn't really have to be the case there it is those are the rules there are none accept it mine, mine is generally like what i feel the most strongly about one way or the other so i might hate something more than i like something and then so it'll be higher up on the list that is true if it's a movie like if you listen to like lawnmower man or something like that it's just the thing i hated the most well actually i like the monkey i think so he was number one but just yeah <laughs> There, there is no it, rhyme or reason to yeah, it. Yeah, so, so my number one yeah. could go either way with a like or a hate. It's just a matter of how strongly I feel. So seven yeah. is the thing I felt the weakest about on my list. One way to do that. I what? usually go by like most memorable, if not like the funniest. <laughs> so, yeah, we yeah. each have our own criteria for how we rank things. But, you know, it's the, the, most, the seven moments that of a, any given movie, really. Yeah, and I would say mine does – Scott ex- – explain it better mine is more along the lines of what scott said is what i feel the most strongly about is what i'll have toward the top of the list whether it's a good or a bad thing or whatever so there it is we got to keep repeating that because i know we have some new listeners sometimes and they don't really know what the, what the hell why are you starting at seven and why is you know, does, so. anybody, does anybody even ask why we do Wait, seven what? and not five or ten or yeah new list new listeners yeah <laughs> so <laughs> what we should uh, touch on that briefly seven just because man ten's too many five's not enough there we go. Seven, seven, it's an odd number, so you can have like something right in the middle. Yeah. Seven chipmunks dancing on a branch on my uncle's ranch. Seven. seven. 
Yeah. And yeah, it matches up with our rankings that we do later on at the end, which is more about what the odd number that Scott mentioned. So we could try to keep mm-hmm. that number the same. Anyway, we'll have a more formalized version of this before every segment. Mm. Oh, God. All right. And we'll media blast it, whatever, every once in a while. Yeah, but not everyone listens or does that stuff, so. Well, they should. Yes. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and the Instagrams and all that other stuff, which I don't think we have an Instagrams, but um, Snapchat, if you want to see some nude no. pics, we'll do that for you. <laughs> hey, whatever, yeah. whatever it takes to get, to get a repeat audience. Uh-huh. Alex may perform a nip slip for you if you want. Yeah, you never know. So mm, they are hairy. Let me see some. <laughs> let me see some hobbit toes. We can make that happen. Yeah, yeah some toe slips. <laughs> All right, my number six. Um, Back to number six is just I liked. As far as like revenge plots go, I really dug this one. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, yeah. And just, you know, he could, and there's a uh, statement where Louis Guzman's like, why are you going through all this trouble, man? Let's just go shoot these fuckers and be done with it. And he's like, no, they have to suffer and all this stuff. And from a guy who was in prison for, I forgot how many years he is in the prison before he escapes. It's like. Uh, 13? That's what I was going to say. Like early teens. So, yeah, man. (laughs) Death's too good for these people. So I, I just loved how he did it. I, you know, this whole goatee thing, disguising himself is kind of weird. I mean. Kind of like Clark Kent. Yeah, you know? that's that's where he got the idea as a kid from his dad. Spoiler alert. Um, but I just love the whole revenge. I just yeah, what he says is death's too good for these people, and uh, I, I really dug that when I watched this. And I kind of agree at the one point when he does have the girl and he does have all the money. It's like, all right, dude, you're going a little overboard now. But geez, eh. <laughs> I was the one stewing in a prison for 13 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, that would drive a man a man mad to do that kind of stuff. That's my number six. Alex. My number six is uh, the priest's death. It was uh, a bit, well, not unexpected, but the way it happens, like a a slight cave-in, but you could see how frail he really was. Uh, And uh, that's when Edmund gets the brilliant idea. It's like (laughs) the priest tells him to keep digging and take the map and not use the money for revenge. But then he's got the brilliant idea. He's like, fuck this. I'm not going to keep digging. I'm fucking out of here. And he puts, he gets into the, into the uh, cadaver bag and switches out the body. So, so there's, uh, which I thought was pretty clever. So, so there's actually Except, some foreshadowing for that. The priest at one point, when they first meet, basically tells him there's two ways out. And that's one of them. Oh. Uh, yeah, good point. Well, my, my gripe with that is that he has moments before they already sealed up the priest in the cadaver bag and they're going off to get the the warden to come over here and inspect them and drag them drag him out for his quote unquote burial. So he's got I don't know how many minutes? Maybe ten. And you see in the scene afterwards where the body switched Yeah Jello that the priest is actually in Edmund's cell. So he had to drag him underground all the way up to his cell and then go back and get in the cadaver bag himself when he could have just left them in the hole. He didn't want to leave him in the hole, though. I guess not, but I don't know. That would have taken way more time. He would have been caught. Stupid Edmund. Edmond. And also the, the, the guy wouldn't have uh, come back to Edmund's cell and gone, oh my gosh, don't throw him off the thing, you know. Exactly. 
dramatic license. Uh, uh, this does fall into like Scott's. Uh, if your plan involves you being captured, it's not always a great plan. Like, yeah, he had the, the. If he didn't grab those keys, the perfect timing he, that he just would have drowned. <laughs> so so yeah, there there's some <laughs> a little bit of luck here, but uh, I give this one the benefit of the doubt on that score because he comes w- up with it like on the spot. It's not like sure he hatches his out like way ahead of time. So. Plus, they say they're going to bury him. They didn't specifically say that they were going to throw him off the cliff. So maybe he was expecting to get buried in a shallow grave and then just dig himself out. But, like, movie magic, whatever, the thing that I have a bigger gripe with is how bright and clear it was underwater. (laughs) At nighttime. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, it was a full moon. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, you could have fumbled around with the key and got it open that way. Just by feeling for it. But they make it seem like you can see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, they have to film it. It wouldn't be very impressive yeah, if it yeah. was pitch black. <laughs> That's how I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, Priest Death, number six. All right. Scott, number six. All right. Number six is Monsieur Doliac, uh, Michael Wincott. Uh, just a minor character, but he made it memorable. Um, just kind of made him this just kind of venal, evil dick <laughs> that's just completely miserable. Uh, Who is he in this? He, he was the, the, first he's the warden. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, okay. The guy that, that beats him and doesn't give a fuck about these, that these guys are locked in there for political reasons, not for actually being criminals. Yeah. Um, and he has one of my, my favorite lines in a movie. Uh, where they're, um, I think it's when they're hauling the body up, when he tells the the two, I don't know, stooges, <laughs> what are you calling? Yeah. Uh, hurry up! I haven't got all day. And then a second later, he says, "Actually, I've got all the time in the world." And he just starts cackling. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's probably crazy too from having to spend. Because he's been there as long as everybody else has. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, longer. he was good and like the um, you know I, I'm innocent he's like oh I'm quite sure you are because <laughs> that's why you're here yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep he's talking about God and he's like yeah well let's see I'll whip you and if God doesn't like it he'll stop me and just stuff like that he was I, so I, yeah I like in the, the, the beating montage over the years where I like yeah. the fifth or sixth year he's like oh, what's this guy's name again I don't even remember <laughs> like he's just so bored and then like at one point he actually says it God I'm bored I'm so bored <laughs> Yeah, he was messed up. Yeah, it's a it's a great minor character. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number five is I like this stuff at the beginning with uh, Napoleon. I mean, I guess the whole Napoleon subplot throughout it just kind of p- puts it in a time and place. Um, Edmund, come get your letter. <laughs> not that I know much about that time <laughs> and place, but uh, I just thought that was kind of cool. It got me interested, actually, in finding out, okay, well, so what, was this real? Has this happened? And all this stuff. and His exile and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And his escape. He, he didn't go on a water slide. It was disappointing. But other than that. <laughs> what a slide. <laughs> he, he didn't go bowling and eat a giant bowl of ice cream. But it's pretty, it pretty good. So, Napoleon. Scott, Alex, number five. My number five is once, spoiler alert, Edmund finds a treasure. He is just throwing casks of gold at everybody. (laughs) 
That's all. Oh, I've come, come here to buy your house. <laughs> Why don't you go off, you rapscallion? Yeah. Get off my property. <laughs> then he just clanks the back of the wagon. It was like it has to be at least three three casks of gold in that wagon. He's just spending money like it ain't no thing. So so, <laughs> as someone who's older now, and you know, we have to deal with the adult money issues and stuff. I, I cringe at, a, at some of the stuff now that like it would be boring to have to like go through in the movie, but. Like, all they they transfer all that money off the treasure spot. Like, how do they keep it safe? Like, <laughs> like that always bugged me. Like, I expect them tried like someone tried to rob them or something. And then uh, when Luis Guzman's character uh, is just throwing like gold coins up in the air into the water, like, no, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> <laughs> Even though they like, he, he like two seconds later, he's like, there's like. Seven more of these like shiploads around there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and I think he said they they leave a lot of it there too. I don't think they take all of it. That's probably one way to keep it safe is just keep it. Yeah. But but even that massive like sure that they take like wh- like how do they get it into the harbor? What do they do with it? Like I, these are questions I <laughs> that keep me up at night. What were the taxes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, did he put it in a bank? Like. You know, did he invest it in an IRA fund? Yeah, no, yeah. who knows? Did he do a mutual fund? Yeah, <laughs> a Roth IRA. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, kind of monikers are just fucking making it rain everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I forgot where we're at. It's number five for Scott. Yeah. I'm number five is just the the sequences that are uh, Edmund's lessons basically um as the priest begins to teach him uh economics um different languages how to read and write and uh it, it it's really cool it's a, it's a big thing that uh like the first thing edmund asks him you know can you teach me to read and write and then the priest is like well yeah because we're gonna it's basically i'm yeah because i gotta teach you all this other stuff um, and that's kind of how edmund gets into trouble because he's illiterate um, but they'll be listening to you kids. <laughs> if you're illiterate, you can go to jail for, for carrying letters around from exiles from France. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no. That scene is awesome because the way he does it, he's like, I'll teach you this, I'll teach you that. And he doesn't even think, will you teach me to read? And he's just yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, of course. You put, it, like, yeah, you put it better. Yeah. Very basic, yeah, fundamental. And then, yeah, awesome. and then eventually he gets to the, the fencing you got to be quick, speed. Yeah, and then a speed of hand. Yeah, more of that talk about later. <laughs> so yeah, all, all the, the culmination of all that, like as he's as he begins to learn, and you see him start to make improvements, and you'll see his like his personality change as he uh, becomes more knowledgeable, more refined. Mm-hmm. They never like does the I can't remember does the priest like teach him like court court stuff like I like table so. manners and like, which fork do you yeah use? yeah, I have yeah no dancing idea. Or like that, yeah. <laughs> so you had to wonder where Ed, Ed yeah, learned yeah. how to do all that stuff well, he's rich enough that he well yeah he obviously could have hired somebody but they just, they just skip straight to him being like super refined is that why at the kid's birthday party was just eating with his bare hands <laughs> he's just licking the bowl yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Even from someone so, as boorish as myself. 
I mean, uh, so I'm sure this is not anyone's list. So this, when he tries to, I'll wait to see if it's on someone's list. All right, now my number four um, is when he escapes the prison, he swims to shore, and he's he's so happy, he's free, he's running on the sand, and he runs into a bunch of pirates. That gets me every time. <laughs> I'm free! Oh, shit, there's pirates here. <laughs> What if I don't want to so. be a, s- a smuggler? <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be the, I think that'll be the smuggling of the life for me. <laughs> um, all right, that's just a simple scene. I look at that's my number four. So Alex, my number four was uh, Guy Pierce just playing a great jealous slime ball, oh, so hateable just right from the beginning, pretty much. Like he's kind of friendly and everything, but you just the way he looks. You could tell there's something off about this asshole. And sure enough. Yeah, because he's kind of flirting with Mercedes when they're waiting for Edmund and stuff like that. Yeah, he's... You yeah. Tell. he's I hate him. I hate him. He's a fop. Mm-hmm. Scott, number four. Okay. My number four is The Escape. We've already talked about this. Um, it, it's cool the, the way that the story pivots uh, to the, the priest dying... Um, and that's sad, but all of a sudden Edmund has his chance to escape. Um, so he goes from sadness to triumph. Uh, I, uh, it's very well presented the way that they, they spend literally years digging this tunnel and then he just gives it all up, um, for this, for this one opportunity. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's fine as the audience watching this because he's, the, the tunnel is actually just a vehicle for him to, to learn all this crap, um, and to grow the relationship with the priest so you don't mind that, oh, you're like, why the hell do we watch him dig this hole forever and nothing happens? Uh, yeah, it's it's exciting, uh, the escape. Number four. Yep. Oh. Just uh, think that uh, Ed Harris's character, Ed Harris, <laughs> Richard Harris, he dug, beat it twice, right? Yeah. He the wrong way. I simply chose the wrong direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck. All right, uh, my number three is the character of Jacopo, Louis Guzman. His character is just awesome in this. So as we mentioned with the pirate scene, they're introduced there. He did something bad. They want to kill him, but he's a good guy. I mean, he's he's a good earner. He's a good fighter, so they know what to do. So he fights Edmund, and Edmund spares his life, and now he's kind of his Chewbacca for the rest of the movie. (laughs) His Chewbacca and (laughs) his Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Yeah. And just I like that scene where he like finally like that like don't know how they quite answer that like okay he's now he's with their gang and then they port I don't know how much longer but they're at port and they just he just lets them go like Edmund's a free man at this point which I kind of thought he was captured by them right like anyway I guess he built a good relationship kind of like the Dread Pirate Roberts yeah and proved himself <laughs> yeah, yeah proved himself but then like he just starts following him and he doesn't really and he's like. You know, a distance back. Like, is he? Does he know that he's following him? It's just kind of weird when that happens. And then, obviously, this the relationship builds as they go on. And uh, just he has a lot of great lines in this this movie. So his character in general, awesome. I'm wondering. I don't think it was the first thing I saw him in because he's a comedian, right? Like, I think I saw stuff like that beforehand. He's typically, but... I mean, he's typically comic roles, and even here, yeah, he's kind of the comic. Yeah. But anyway, I love this character. That's my number four. Alex. 
Was uh, that my number three? Yeah, that was your number three. That was my number three. Yeah, your number three. My number three is just great, awesome choreographed like knife and sword fights. So cool. I always like great choreography, especially in fencing and everything. It's very flashy. Like even when Guy appears, is like, oh, he has a mo- uh, morning appointment, and he just kills that dude. Yeah. It's a bit over just, the top, but yes. Yeah, just non <laughs> just nonchalantly. Spamped and bah, right through the heart. Well, he's dead. Hey, has anyone ever said the term I did something chalantly? <laughs> I will now. Wow, that guy's really chalant. You always hear the negative version. You never <laughs> Yeah. We get it. You're nonchalant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that bring, yeah. we're gonna bring it back. We're gonna start doing stuff chalantly. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, <laughs> that fight, the knife fight with Jacopo, even though it was really short, it was pretty damn awesome. And uh, at first, when uh, Guy Pierce goes in to uh, kill the Count, who reveals himself as Edmund, but he, you know, he doesn't know that he's had all this sword training and everything, and he. Quickly, just loses his sword, but now at, at the very end, once he knows, and they have that fight in the grass, that was pretty awesome. Yep. All right, Scott, number three. Uh, my number three is also Jacopo, uh, Louis Guzman. Okay. Uh, just, I just want to go over the the one line that <laughs> always makes me laugh. Uh, uh, after they found the treasure, and he's like, "You're richer than any man I've even heard of." And he's like, "What do you want to do with all this stuff?" And Dantes basically says, "Revenge." And he says, Revenge against who? And then Edmund gives him his enemies list. And Jacobo says, Why not just kill them? I'll do it. I'll run up to Paris. Bam, 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 bam. I'm back before week's end. We spend the treasure. How is this a bad plan? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll just go murder these people. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Like his weird sense of honor. Like he's totally fine with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just love that the last line is, How is this a bad plan? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because it isn't. It's not a bad no, plan at all. It's actually way better than Dante's plan. It's just like super convoluted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like we said earlier, like, he had reasons to be that mad and come up with that review. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But Luis Guzman is, is good in this. All right. Uh, my number two is the character of the cl- the cleric, the priest, Richard Harris's character. Um, I really, I think to me, I could almost watch the first half of this movie. When he's done, I'd be, I'm satisfied. I don't have to watch the rest. I still like the rest of the movie, but that stuff, that training stuff, and him, I just, it's really good. I, I absolutely agree. Um, like the the middle part is the, the most watchable. Like the beginning and the yeah. end for mm-hmm. me is like, eh, this point. But uh, the middle, yeah, and I think it's because of him. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. And kids, if you don't know what we're talking about, he was the original Dumbledore. Yeah. He got earwax from the every flavored jelly bean. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've actually had the uh, earwax flavored jelly bean. Oh, you poor bastard. So so I, I tried, side side note here, the, the, <laughs> the, the Harry Potter <laughs> uh, jelly beans, like I tried all of them. And they all like, there's gross stuff in there. Like they're always like dirt flavored, uh. I can't remember all the other ones, but the earwax was by far the worst. That one stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking earwax. Yeah, it was gross. 
Yeah. But what other flavors do they have? Do they have like shit and stuff? Or? It was there was no there's no it's every flavor. There was no there's no feces, but there was like stuff not that far removed from it. Fertilizer, like dirt, <laughs> back guano, dirt, earwax. Uh, I can't, I can't. Uh, canvas, <laughs> t-shirt, LCD screen, just every flavor. <laughs> DVDs, DVD flavored and CD flavored. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference, a subtle difference, yeah, yeah. but yeah. with a refined palette, yep. you can tell. Yeah, dual, dual layer. Blue, there's more. Blu-ray versus a. A dual, dual layer Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, his character, and it hence the reason why our, our list is like best trainers or masters in movies because I just love the way he did here. The and just the, some of the stuff that he that we talked about the reading stuff, him digging, and then when he finds oh roots, we found roots. <laughs> I always love yeah. that, and um, that's just pretty much. I just loved his character, so that's my number two. Alex. My number two is I love me a good a sweet comeuppance whenever it happens in a movie, and this one has a lot of them. Like pretty much yeah. everybody just gets, oh my gosh. Like the first dude gets hung, he's like, cut him down before he can't talk anymore. And then the, what's his face from True Blood in the sauna? That guy's from True Blood? Monsieur Villefort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monsieur Villeville, the chief prosecutor. Yeah, who was he in True Blood? He was the psycho that dated uh, Suki, well, he kidnapped Suki's best friend. What's her face? And he kept her as a quote-unquote pet. Tara? He, he had, had a, yeah, he had a delusional sense of like love and affection for her. Jesus. It was very creepy. This must and be he, one of the later seasons. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, season oh. two. Really? Yeah. All right, it's been a while. Yeah, but yeah, sweet comeuppance on everybody, and he just he, he the gambling he buys uh, Edmund buys the gambling house, and he tells the dealers to just take everything from uh, Guy Pierce. What's his face? Dicky McJealous a lot, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he just so he's forced all of his enemies to come back together in order to just split them apart yet again awesome yeah it is <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree uh, Scott number two uh, number two is the setup that just touches upon kind of what Alex was just talking about and we were just saying about how the middle parts or I was saying anyways how the middle parts great uh, so after he gets out um, he gets back to uh, was it Marseille, Marseille. and uh, yeah. he goes goes on and then the the plan gets set into motion, um, and you get like the little montage of all the letters being passed out, and that was really cool. Um, uh, Jacobo buys the palatial estate. <laughs> I shall have you whipped. And then uh, the 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 big entrance with like all the the fireworks and the balloons. That was like Bowser, man, and Super Mario Bros. <laughs> yeah. I can never not see Bowser now. <laughs> I watched this movie. Good evening. Hey, he uh, yeah he comes down in the balloon with the the Chinese acrobats, <laughs> and he just walks up to the railing and says greetings, and then walks off. Yeah, yeah. all to yeah. great effect. I w- I would have liked to have seen more a little bit. No, more that was a, that was very chalant right there. Yeah, a little bit more of like <laughs> I, I don't know what else they would have shown necessarily, but. Uh, 
just more of the him being super rich. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Bruce Wayne buying the hotel and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that, right? like, like a little fun thing. They could have done a couple fun things. Like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. It's vengeance. That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, since you haven't touched about it yet, no one has. If you were that super rich, and so you know the scene when he um, he saves Superman's life, and then he comes, and Superman comes and visits him, and he just has that giant spread to impress him, right? So he'll t- pass word on to his family. Oh, that looks so good. Yeah. Would you it, have that it, like it, all the time as your like buffet table at your house every day oh, or every man, Sunday? I don't know, if, man. if I had guests, yeah, but if it was just me, I'd probably just still eat my cereals. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I, I don't know. You, you, you Edmund like come comes around full circle on that. So I don't know, uh, like going from like just getting by to being in prison for thirteen years to being super rich. Maybe you splurge <laughs> every day. Yeah. yeah. Like if if it's me personally, I I couldn't do it. <laughs> I just I I couldn't handle spending money like that. I would do do it every I mean, once I in a while, eat my... for sure. But yeah, uh, like every day. Yeah. yeah, and like I think that was just to impress yeah. him, to so he would spread yeah. the word. So he probably didn't do it every day, but I know I would do it like the first little bit just to do it. I mean, what the hell am I? Especially if I was in prison for thirteen years. <laughs> well, that. Yeah. I'm gonna have a giant thing of perfect grapes, and I'm gonna eat one, and then I. Can Take it away. <laughs> These displease <Yeah>. me. <laughs> it's uh, almost as good as the what? Which one had a better table spread? That or the one in Pan's Labyrinth? Uh, well, the one in Pan's Labyrinth was magically hypnotizing. <laughs> this one was for real. Yeah, there's a good chance you would get so... eaten after eating the Pan's Labyrinth one. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Dantes' spread or kid the, yeah, the Monte Cristo <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Goddamn, go. yeah, eyeball monster. Hey, does anyone ever had a Monte Cristo brunch in Vegas? They should. Hmm. All right, that was your number two, right? So my number yeah, one would, would it be at the Monte Carlo? <laughs> that would just be too confusing. But yeah, <laughs> they got to rename the hotel. Yeah. Uh, my number one is the entire stuff in the prison, and kind of going back to what Scott said. That's set piece the whole thing with him just it's cool that the warden's an asshole the whole thing of him being stuck in there he him meeting the priest the training the escape just that entire thing is awesome and just the moment i i still when he first crawls around the tunnel to go into um the priest's room and then he has a chair and just him being able to sit oh Can yeah you imagine yeah. not being able to put your legs in that position for was it seven years? However many years it was before he ran into that. Like that's just yeah. And like not even that, the priest actually had a little like a nook, like yeah, a cave yeah. or a nook. Yeah, <laughs> like his thing was the penthouse compared <laughs> to what Dante's had. Dante's had the window though. That's mm-hmm. true. That this is what true. this is what happens with real estate, Jeff. It's a it's a give and take market. <laughs> so do you think it? Say Ed Harris. Uh, I keep calling him Ed Harris. If the priest died. And say they weren't conspiring; they're just two two different people in the same room. And he died. Would they upgrade Dantes to that one, or no? He just... No, nah, I don't think so. Okay, I mean, it bears I the question. I think it was because of his military background of the priest that maybe you got a better suite. Yeah, I think the bears the question whether they ever find that tunnel, like the people working there ever 
even know about it. Well, the one guy's dead, and I don't know about the other two. They didn't look too smart. <laughs> yeah. And we mentioned it before, but the, the, the best part is, and it's, it's so ridiculous, but the speed, speed of hand. Moving his hand underneath the water drip drops, which is impossible, but I loved it. And it's I'm not going to say I never tried that myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. every time water drips, you got to do it. <laughs> Speed of hand. Speed of hand. <laughs> that old man doing it just cracks me up. Chris kept his hands dry. <laughs> creating little swords, fencing sticks out of little uh, splinters from the door, all that little stuff. And just the... Putting the, you know, using the dirt to escape in their shit bowls. And it's like so little. You yeah. know, puts, you know, Shawshank Redemption, like that, nothing compared to what these guys were doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, spoiler alert, I guess, for that movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my number one. Alex. My number one is Louis Guzman. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Numero uno. He's great. He's the foil. He's, he's the, uh, yeah, the Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> moment that he had in the carriage he's urging him to stop you know this he's got he's got the woman he's got the money just take it and run man live your life and even after dante says no i've got to you know stay the course and my revenge will be complete <laughs> he's very loyal Jacopo. he's like all right satara satara yeah i'm Means with you driftwood yeah <laughs> it sounds it sounds fearsome <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, he's... I stand by my cheese more like Chewbacca than Jimmy the Cricket because A, he fights for him, and B, you don't know what Chewbacca was telling him. He could have been saying the same stuff to Han. Yeah, well, he kind of Chewbacca. Does. Like, well, Chewbacca clearly wasn't telling like uh, Han to shack up with Leia. Uh, maybe Luke. Uh... Remember when Luke t- uh, tells him he should, you know, join him at the end, and he's like, and Luke leaves, and then Chewie says something, and Han goes, "Shut up! I know what I'm doing." I think uh, Chewbacca was telling him, you need to fuck uh, Luke or Leia. <laughs> yeah. Luke, Luke or Leia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one yeah of them. Okay, get, on, get on it. I'm tired of walk, watching you walk around with blue balls. <laughs> In the same pants every day. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, then Lando's going to wear your clothes. and It's going to be it's weird. Gonna be weird. Yeah, it's going to be creepy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott, number one. Number one is the old priest. Uh, we've, I think we said just about enough of, <laughs> about about Ed Harris, <laughs> about yeah. uh, so Richard Harris here. Escaping, trying to escape Alcatraz in that yeah, tunnel. It's uh, a yeah. it's great performance, great character, <laughs> and he brings a lot of warmth and uh, like confidence and dignity to the to this guy that you know he's been locked in prison for even longer than than Dante's. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a a great performance. You know what? Um, I was watching the documentary for Gladiator years back, and he said he was retired, and then they pulled him out, and he decided to come out of retirement to do Gladiator. And he did Gladiator. And that's, Gladiator's what, 99, 2000? And then he did this, and then the Harry Potter movies came out. Like, I only know movies pretty much that he's done after he came yeah. out of retirement. Like, I don't even... Uh, I know I've seen him in other movies. Like, that... Uh, I the, the Irish bomber movie, right? Wasn't he the bad guy? Oh, that's right. Like, like he, well, he wasn't the bad guy. No, he was in uh, uh, Patriot Games. He was like part of the IRA, yeah. but he wasn't like one of the antagonists. Uh, no, there's another one though. Anyway, I'll look it up. But 
I think I saw all his later stuff when he was already in his seventies. Yeah. I don't think I've even seen any well, of his younger stuff, and I'm he, sure he's had a great them. role in Unforgiven. Okay, I've seen it. I wouldn't English remember him, Bob. but yeah. Okay. All right, um, let's rate it. I give this a six. Easy rewatchability. Um, love it. It's you know I'm not gonna put it up there with my all-time favorite movies, but it's definitely up there. Um, simple six for me, Alex. Any movie with Lou Guzman automatically gets a five, but just because of everybody else's great acting and the sweet come up in sword fights, and uh, this movie just gets going really quickly. And uh, yeah, it gets a six for me too. Great, Scott. Uh, Sign of the Beast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I give it a six. Um, most again, mostly just for the middle part. Basically, once he's betrayed, goes to prison, and the big setup, that's all eminently watchable. Um, the the intro is kind of cool with all the Napoleon stuff, like you said, Jeff. The uh, the end mm-hmm. part, I feel like... Mm, I agree. It, it gets a little weak. Yeah, it ends a little weakly. Um, mostly just because his, his master plan isn't carried out. It just basically fights... Which is satisfying in its own way, but not as cool as uh, him, like Alex mentioned earlier, like having the casinos be rigged and have all the banks to follow his loans and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, him just watching in the background as a puppet master. Uh, but yeah, A6 for me. Okay. Uh, what's up? One of our higher scores. Um, did you guys... No one mentioned Caviezel at all. What did you guys think of him in this? Eh. He's... He's, he's okay. He's, I mean, he's he's a minor he's character. He's good. I think he overdoes it a little bit with him trying to be kind of smarmy. Like when he gives the he gives the speech at um uh, the kid's birthday, Albier. Um, and it's a good speech, and he does that well. But he the way he does his intro, there he says, "I begged to speak on Count Mandego's behalf, and he agreed to let me do it, even for one so boorish as myself." Like. <laughs> There's, there's a couple points where, yeah, and then, like, when he gets angry, when he figures it out, and he's, like, screaming, like, I don't know. Yeah. There's something about his acting that's a little bit weird for me. But once again, I don't know if it's acting or just how the person yeah. is, so. But, but like, as bad. as when he puts on, like, the Count persona, though, it's pretty solid. Like, the kind of dark yeah. and brooding. And... Except for when he twirls his hair. Oh, God. That... Dead giveaway. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um okay so uh, our t- okay yeah. <laughs> our our crossover list this time is best masters you know masters senseis trainers in the heart of the richard harris character in this so movie. so it could be a kung fu master but only if they have a yeah. student that's part of the story yes yeah. sure teaching master yeah sensei yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's not related to being like kung fu related, but you know it could be. It could be. It's just not limited to. And uh, and I guess we have to explain this. We only do five here, just because this podcast runs forever. So just top <laughs> yeah, five. Just shave off time somewhere. <laughs> and uh, usually these aren't things. These are usually things we do like. So there's, there's there shouldn't be any hateful things in here. Um, so by number five, I have. Um, I really liked it, even though he... Anyway, Ra's al Ghul, Liam Neeson's character from the first Batman okay. movie. Batman Begins. Nice. 
That's good. Um, you know, you find out later on he's the bad guy as well, but <laughs> for the first half of the movie, the first third of the movie, he's a really good trainer, and, and just it's Liam Neeson at its finest, um, and explaining. Because, you know, the other Batman movie, people always complain we know the origin story of Batman too much, but really we know the death of his parents. The training, like the Tim Burton stuff, never go into how he became right. yeah, yeah. Batman. Yeah. Right. This was the first time you actually saw him train. Why he's a skilled yeah. fighter? At yeah, they could they could have done a whole movie about that easily. Yeah. There's enough material there to to base it on. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that, and and they haven't done it since. Like none of the other movies. Like I said, we'll get the pearls. We'll get his parents shot in every goddamn movie, but yeah, <laughs> we don't. I know. It's like we fucking know. <laughs> But we don't get how he got the skills to become the greatest detective and ultimate badass fighting machine. Yeah. So I liked how they did that I, with him. I think going to League of Shadows. I think things. in the animated series, Batman the animated series. I was just about to they, say they that, touch yeah. upon it like throughout the series. Like they'll, they'll, they'll go okay. back to like how he was trained as like a a, a magician, like an escape artist. Um, the Rajah Ghoul training, the the martial arts training. Like he goes basically goes on this like Ryu. Street Fighter S journey <laughs> around the globe to to become Batman. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know they did it there. And I'm sure the comics, and I'm sure there's multiple versions yeah. of how he got his skills too in the comics. But as far as the movies go, live action, that's all we got. And I really dug it. So that's my number five. Alex. My number five, only because I really love this uh, animated movie, Kung Fu Panda, Shifu. I like it because he was a very reluctant master. He's, he looked down on Poe the panda because of who he was. He was a panda, and he's like, you have no business, you know, being trained in kung fu. And he tried to get him kicked out of the school. But then he realized, oh, I'm just being a shitty teacher because I didn't – I can't train you the way I trained my previous students. I had to find a new way to do it. And he does, and he turns out he trained uh, the chosen yep. one, the dragon warrior. Uh, Shifu. Um, yeah. So one one note, quick note about that is is actually a very good uh, voice acting performance from Dustin Hoffman. Oh um, hell yeah! Normally I I have a problem with just the big names doing these voices, um, these big animated movies. Just as kind of a hey, we got this person doing it, so come watch our movie. Uh, but he actually does a very credible job here. Um, puts like a slight like kind of <laughs> it's. I don't know. Maybe fifty years from now, we'll think it's racist, but <laughs> he, he puts on like a, that, that Asian kind of twang to it, and it's very effective. Uh, he's very good at it, so yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott Splinter. Nice. <laughs> uh, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, their their master, their sensei, it's taught them the ninja arts, the Giant anthropomorphic rat that is Splinter. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, Hamato Yoshi, only because Splinter was just copying his moves <laughs> and he just, as a rat, and he learned the moves just by mimicking. Before his own, he was a mutant. Which I think was, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty It was a very special rat. Yeah. rat. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, he's like the Lawnmower Man equivalent. For rats instead of chimps. <laughs> uh, and he's a yeah. good guy. Uh, yeah, he, he's the the wise sensei. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, this shit that I grew up with. 
Yeah, so I have a soft spot for that. So number five, Splinter. Uh, definitely counts. It's a good one. Um, all right, my number four is uh, Pi May from the Kill Bill movies. I guess the second yeah. movie. Yeah, this uh, is on my nice. list. <laughs> um, just you know, he's not in it that much, but he's very memorable, and his the way his look and his ha ha ha, always flipping his little beard and. Training. He's like the dick master. He's not the <laughs> dick master. That's the dick master. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the, I'm sure he was that dick too. comma master. Yeah. He's not the lovable Ed Harris in this movie. He is. <laughs> he sure isn't. <laughs> he's a dick. He's hitting her the whole time and just berating her. La ha ha. You have a stupid looking face and shit like that. And uh, loved his character in the Kill Bill movies. So that's my number four. Alex. My number four is not from the movie Wanted, but from the graphic novel Wanted, is The Fox. If you haven't read it before, and I take it you guys haven't. I've I've heard, I've had the novels explained to me, but go ahead. Oh, you should. It's really good. But anyways, the they take this guy who is a nobody, but it, then it turns out that his dad was a, a supervillain and one of the most badass ones out there. And the fox was his right-hand lady. So she takes it upon herself to teach this milquetoast kid nobody how to be a supervillain. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. She's an awesome character. A <laughs> very ter- terrible teacher. An awesome teacher to, for a supervillain, of course, but she ends up sleeping with him a bunch of times because she's got to teach him that, too. Because he sucks at it, apparently. It's rough. Yeah. Is that the Angelina Jolie character from yeah. the movie, or no? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the fox from the wanted graphic novel. Read it. All right, Scott. Uh, my number four is Mick from the first three Rocky movies, anyways. Ah, oh, damn it. It's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess his contract ran out for the, for the fourth and fifth one. Is that why it didn't come uh, back? I don't know. Burgess Meredith just said, you know what, I'm done. Maybe he read the script for the fourth one. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, you gotta kill me off of the third one because I'm not coming back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, how dare you knock Rocky Four, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Two montages. (laughs) Two montages in the first ten minutes is what you meant to say. Yeah. Let me finish that sentence for you, Jeff. Sure, okay. I meant to say back-to-back okay. montages. I was going to say, there's way more than two montages in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Mick. Montage. Yeah. Adrian shows up. Montage. Hey, uh, all-time roles of Burgess Meredith. Uh, it's the crusty old boxing trainer. Um, there's this kind of... It mostly just comes up in the first movie, but they have this weird kind of father-son dynamic um, that... It plays out really well, um, and there's kind of a warmth to him, um, even though he's kind of a dick sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. And just the the voice and him yelling at Rock, uh, saying racist shit to him, like, <laughs> you're going to be a greasy, fast Italian monster. <laughs> you're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. Uh, that's good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is my number three, so <laughs> I'll just continue on. Um, everything that Scott said just it's very quotable. He he is uh, a, a pain in the butt, but he does have a heart of gold, and um, 
just you know him that uh, wanting to protect Rocky in the second one, not on him to fight because his eyes messed up, and you know showing him the hard truths like he can slap him and he wouldn't even, like old man did it. What do you think Creed's gonna do? But when he does train him, he trains him to fight right-handed so to protect that eye and all that stuff. And him sitting with Rocky, and even though he wanted Rocky to train, he sat with him in the hospital while Adrian was in the coma. And and the best line I think ever is when she comes out of the coma and says, "Win," <laughs> and then he goes, "What are we waiting for?" <laughs> and then Conti comes in with the music, and hell yeah! All right. Mm-hmm. So Mick, what's Mick's last name? Do we even know? Um, it is Jagger. Goldmill, Mickey Goldmill. Is yes. it really? Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever. Now, he... they, they might mention the first movie, but maybe it's like the name of the gym, or something like that. Yeah, does he own the gym? I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, why is my stuff on the hook there? Like, because uh... you're a bum. <laughs> yeah, you're no good thumb breaker. All right. Alex, number three. My number three is Professor X. He always means well, and he teaches a lot of his students some very important lessons, but more often than not, they come back and try and destroy the world. <laughs> but he's yeah. always there to, to stop them and to tell them, hey, I'll give you another chance because I'm Professor X. Are you going by the movies or the comics here? Uh, both. Uh, I think in the movies he's a better professor than or yeah. better master than he is in the in the comic books. I think shit goes off. Yeah, the comics shit goes off the rails sometimes for all the characters. <laughs> so, but yeah, in the movies and uh, what's his face, Jean Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Thank the you. The light must be John. Yeah, he brought Professor X to life uh, more than adequately. I love his take on Professor X. Yeah, both of them. Mm-hmm. Magneto too. Those two guys. I love those scenes together yeah. with those two. Yeah, acting. Charles, you're on the wrong side, Charles. I'll be right here, Eric. There it is, acting. <laughs> wow, I thought you were playing a clip from the movie. <laughs> oh, I did my impersonation. Oh, Logan, what are you doing? That for some reason, that's my. Professor X. <laughs> Logan. For a second, you uh, turned in like yeah, the, the witch from Willow. Willow. <laughs> Logan, you idiot. Logan. I know. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Scott. Uh, number three is Paime. The cruel tutelage of Paime. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the favorite thing about Paime happens before you even meet him. When... Uh, David Carradine comes back down the steps and he's been beat up <laughs> and she's like, what's going on? And he's just like, no. <laughs> and he's like, he gets in the car and he's like, one, one last bit of advice. He's like, he hates, was it? Hates Americans, uh, despises, uh, Caucasians and it's nothing but contempt for women. <laughs> yeah. So it might take him a little time to warm up to you. <laughs> Yeah. The general gist of that conversation. That was great. And the whole setup about how he murdered a bunch of people. Uh, it's good. So, yeah. yeah, it's a good story in him. He gave him the slightest of head nods. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like the scene where like, she's been just hitting her knuckles against that wooden board forever. And she, 
he finally gives her a bowl of rice and she starts using her hands and she, he throws it on the floor. <laughs> Eat with, you're not a that dog. Eat like a, you know, a human. Ah, oh, he's such a jerk. He's good. And he does he does eventually right teach her the five point palm exploding heart technique. He does. And then he gets poisoned. Yeah. Stupid Daryl Hannah. <laughs> All right, uh my number two is Yoda. Oh, me too. Me too. Well, that means our number one is probably going to be the same, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, Yoda's awesome, but there's something that's better. Yo, than yo, yo. Yoda's yo, always yo. been a bitch. He's Star Wars has got to be on here, but, man, the prequels made him out to be such an asshole. Mm-hmm. Even in the Empire, he's kind of a dick. Begun the Clone Wars have. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to leave because I got my ass kicked by the Emperor. You go fight him. <laughs> I'm going to go hide in the swamp. Carry me around. Yeah. Well, that. <laughs> well, take me a tour. Let me give you a tour well, around the swamp. Well, that, you got to carry well, me that's this back. <laughs> yeah. So, Yoda. I mean, I, we're not saying anything else about Yoda, but mm-hmm. feel free to add. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the quintessential like, uh, samurai sensei, or whatever the. Which is basically what the Jedi were. <laughs> Space samurai. Wizard mm-hmm. wizard samurais. Uh, yeah, I like that they use the trope to great effect of the... Uh, oh, like, he's there searching for this guy that's supposed to be this great master. And yeah, uh, turns out that it's this little green creature. <laughs> but, you know, not, like this unassuming person turns out to be the master. The, the grand yeah. ass kicker. Yeah. Fuck him te- up, Yoda. And the technology of him being a puppet stuff back in the day. Like This is not even an argument of CG versus puppet, just the fact that it was able to hold the whole scene and that is known as one of the greatest sensei. Like, when everyone makes comments about, you know, oh, you're my Yoda? Is he your yeah. Yoda? Like, that's just, it was such a great character. Um, mm-hmm. And Weird Al made a song about him, so that's cool. Yo, Yoda. Yoda. Y-O-D-A, right. Yoda. So that was all our number twos. Um, mm-hmm. All right, my number one is Mister yep. Miyagi. Yep. yep. <laughs> all right. Damn it. <laughs> hey, it means he's good. Yeah. Mister Miyagi. Smile, from... That smile at the end. <laughs> yeah. Mister Miyagi. For if you guys who don't know, I guess all four Karate Kid movies. Um, I guess Ugh. not counting the Jackie Chan fifth one. Um, his trainee, you know, he's a grumpy old handyman at Daniel Russo's apartment. Turns out to be a, a karate master and teaches Daniel the art of karate by making him wash his car <laughs> and painting his fence and yeah, waxing, yeah. waxing uh, the boards, yeah, yeah. sand the floor. And that's got to be. I don't. We've done this. We've done this yeah. movie already. But that scene where Daniel finally gets mad at him and starts yelling at him, and then Mr. Miyagi starts, you know, finally the reveal. That yeah. the whole time he's been teaching him karate and that scene happens. That is just awesome. I love it. No freaking way. I'm going to wash cars now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. And then just the other sly little stuff, like when they're going to the tournament and him like stealing a black belt yeah. <laughs> to give Daniel and pretending not to speak English and all that stuff. He's yeah. good. I, I permanently ingrained in my in my brain the the very, pretty much the very end when uh, the music changes and he does the the crane kick, and it builds up to it with yeah. the dun dun dun, 
He lands the kick and everybody goes crazy and runs up there. And Miyagi just stands off to the side and ends with him with that, like Alex said, that that, that beaming smile that basically sums up the whole character. Um, You know, we've talked about Mr. Miyagi before. Um, A lot of warmth, a lot of dignity. Uh, Just a great performance of Pat Morita. Yeah, he, he either won an Oscar or was nominated for that role. Yeah, he was nominated. And that same scene you were talking about, right before he does the kick, when Daniel's like starting to do the crane kick, you see a little nod of approval by Miyagi in the background. Yeah. I always love that. So you can do it. And then, um, yeah, I was just saying, the scene, obviously you find out his backstory when he's drunk and oh, he's talking tragic. about you know what happened to his wife and kid and all that. And just you find out why he's helping Daniel and stuff. And you know, I just... It's really good. Miyagi. He also beats up a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> he does. And he, <laughs> he's friends with a high school boy. I'm not sure. Hey, whatever. <laughs> Nothing inappropriate happened. You're right. I guess the only inappropriate thing is that he did beat up a it's, bunch it's, of It's cool, though. They were, they were 80s bullies. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were asking for it. No mercy. By the way, uh, Minor, 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 minor spoiler for Stranger Things 2, where there's a guy dressed as Cobra Kai at the Halloween party. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw, I, I, yeah it was that, episode, that freckled douchebag. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I think it was like the dick it from was, season it one. Was, yeah. yeah, the okay. freckled guy. I was wondering if that guy yeah. would pop up. And then, yeah, there he was. Yeah. He's found like another so. guy to like be a toady too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, toady. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, that's it, right? Yep. All right. Uh, great movie. Great lists. Any feedback on this week? Uh, nope. Not for this one. <laughs> All right. You guys are slacking out there. I did. On, uh, listener Clayton contacted me and was confused by <laughs> like what our list guy was supposed to mean. <laughs> so. Uh, so he had like Master Blaster. And, yeah. No. He started. Um, he was like, so it would be like Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World count or. I would have accepted yeah, that because yeah. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Sometimes we don't give a lot of details because Twitter's got that character count. But anything that even is remotely related to our list, I think we would give a pass yeah, on. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're not discerning here. All right. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I sports like sports. Ball? So, in the world of uh, MMA. George St. Pierre is out of retirement, right? He came back mm-hmm. for a fight, and he won against he, he against Michael Bisping. Uh, I guess he was done. Uh, he, he trained uh, mining gas over, right? Anyways, his name's I, not important. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> He got defeated by JSP, gave him a rear naked choke in the third round. But it got, I mean, he had to have seen that coming, right? Since, you know, to do a, a true rear naked choke, you got to get naked before you get into the ring. So it was telegraphed all the way. I don't know why he got fooled by it. Yeah, he had to know that was his finisher. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, he's undressing. Well, here comes a rear naked choke. Better look out for it. But he didn't. Uh, the only thing more dangerous than the rear naked choke. Is the I'm not gonna get this out. 
the front naked reach around. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, cracking myself up over here. <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, Just in time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, go quick this week. Uh, I saw Thor Ragnarok right before taping this podcast. And it's great, folks. Go see tape, it. Folks. If you earn the Marvel stuff, go see it. If you want to see something that's fucking metal, <laughs> go see it. It's about as metal as anything can get that's PG-13. Um, a, a friend was telling me that it was reviewed as a uh, <laughs> a painting on the hood of like an 88 or of an 80s like Pontiac Firebird <laughs> hood <Nice>. come to life. <laughs> And that is an accurate uh, description. Uh, so it's it's funny. It's fun. What about those? Go see it. What about those vans I, back in the day? That's that's the... what I told my friend. Was like, oh, so it's like one of those vans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dragons, or sometimes it's just the uh, the, cre- the uh, Krieger vans from uh, Krieger paintings on his vans from <laughs> Archer. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome to the second baseball beat. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard the SS date rape. Choo choo. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Um Thor's good. Thor Ragnarok was good. Uh all right. Uh, Alex, did you have anything you wanted oh, oh sorry, one more thing. Um from me. I am probably halfway through Super Mario Odyssey for the Switch, Nintendo Switch. And that is also oh, nice. great. Um they, you know, typical Nintendo quality and game design. Uh, maybe future episode, I'll try to break that down a little bit more when I talk about game design uh, or what I mean by good game design. Uh, but yeah, for anybody that has a Switch and doesn't have this, I don't know why you wouldn't if you had a Switch because it was like one of the system sellers and there's not a whole lot out on it. Uh, but yeah, it is really good. And that's it for me. Uh, Alex. Mm-hmm. Get nothing. I got nothing. Right. Jeff. I just I finished watching Stranger Things season two. I really right. really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's on par with season one. Um, so I recommend it. If you haven't watched it, go out and use get it on your Netflix. Yes, that that's my news too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I would say I tried to. I don't like to binge too much just because a it's a lot of TV, but also just I want to, especially if it's good, yeah. I want to savor it. So I was good. I kept it to two episodes. No more than two a night, and I missed a couple nights. So it took me almost a week, and I'm glad I did it that way. It was nice, nice way to watch you it. You should just do like so. I did. And... No. Yeah. <laughs> wait a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watch an episode, wait a year, and then beeps yep. the rest of them. Work for me. <laughs> yeah. It's fresh. So. All right. Uh, that wraps up this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.